Yesterday marks Mahomes' second Super Bowl win as he led his team to victory against the Eagles. While there was a controversial call near the end there, it was still a very fun game to watch. Um, I know, J.D., you and I both were rooting for the Eagles. Uh, but do you have any specific takeaways on that game, actually? Nope. All right. So, with that said, um, obviously we'll be waiting to see on the 23 season uh, here coming up. But uh, we'll actually move on to our news for today. Uh, first thing has to do with Apple's newest update for iOS 16.3.1, um, which was just released. And uh, this update addresses a lot of technical issues that many users have been dealing with, uh, one of which is the crash detection optimization. Hopefully Apple has now resolved this issue, considering it has been a major problem on coasters, ski resorts, and many other places of entertainment. Uh, the other two things are that they fixed an issue where sometimes asking Siri to use uh, Find My may not work at times. Uh, then there is the iCloud setting, which uh, may be unresponsive or incorrectly display if apps are using cloud. Uh, that was pretty much it for 16.3.1. Uh, Aaron mentioned on Twitter, and I will also give some advice here, which JD has mentioned as well. If you are using the beta profile, you will not see this update, so just top off that profile and update to 16.3.1. Um, are you, Any thoughts on that at all? Uh, the only thought I would say is that if you are an avid user of Amazon Photos or Google Photos, I strongly would discourage you from updating to this because evidently, as of right now, 16.3.1 uh, causes, uh, I believe it's both of those apps to crash or restart or you just can't access the app. So, oh, dang. Okay. Um, not really sure if that's – it seems like it's just something that the app might need to update on, um, but that's kind of what I've taken away from it. I don't actually use Google Photos on my iPhone. Uh, I only have it on my Android, so okay. Um, that's probably the only thing I have on it. I don't really think it's. I didn't really see anything in the um, disclosure notes about battery life or anything, so I'm not, no, really, not sure really how well that will fit into things. Um, I'm really kind of hoping they start hitting the battery life a little bit more because even on some of the YouTube reviews, uh, that's been a point of concern and something that I Absolutely. feel like should, should have been improved by now. So, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So. Something to actually address before I get into the core of this next item is that uh, this problem doesn't necessarily affect all users, uh, but it is somewhat of a concerning issue uh, depending on the perspective of you, the listeners, uh, especially ones who own this product. So in a recent article on Android Central, people are reporting a defect where the volume rocker on the Pixel 7 Pro, a phone that has a base MSRP of $900, actually currently on sale for $750, uh, the volume rocker actually falls out of the housing. So uh, evidently this issue slowly started surfacing about a month ago, uh, early January. And um, upon early encounters, customers were met with, I would say, probably an undesirable response from Google stating that due to quote-unquote mishandling, uh, the problem isn't covered under warranty. So... It's it's kind of an interesting thing to, to come across. Um, oh wow! Can't imagine it's the first time that a volume rocker has fallen out of a phone, um, but at that price point, I kind of feel like that shouldn't really be expected. Um, <laughs> just yeah, you think so? You think for, you feel like the fit and finish would actually be? Yeah, for yeah. phones that are around that price, I have never seen, as far as I'm aware any buttons at all falling out of their chassis that's odd to see especially with pixel um very surprising yeah. in that one i don't know necessarily if that is technically a user issue or a mishandling 
I guess it if could be taken a frequently out encountered issue, then I would say, yes, that's a warranty problem. That's a defect that you guys need to address. If it was just, if you only had like maybe, you know, a random number that wasn't in, into the uh, the majority, then I would start to say, oh, well, yeah, that's probably just, uh, yeah. you know, a user error. Yeah, I would but agree with that. The, the one thing to note is that um, since this article was posted, uh, which is roughly about a week ago, Google has responded to the author, uh, Nick Sutrich, saying that the team is aware of the issue, and it sounded like they actually will update him on further news regarding the problem. Okay, so, that's good. Um, yeah, just felt like we, we wanted to bring that up to you guys, especially since I know that that is a popular model, both the 7 Pro and the 7. Um, I, haven't re- I didn't really see anything in the news about the 7 itself, so it's kind of interesting that it's just a 7 pro mm-hmm. but um yeah just just be aware of that and um i tread carefully definitely, if it does happen to you reach out to to google what i said tread carefully yes <laughs> yes that would probably be the best way to but that was the funny thing is like he the, when he was testing out the phones between the s23 ultra and the 7 pro it was not like he was using it aggressively he just pulled a phone out of his pocket or the s23 ultra out of his pocket and he saw this volume rocker sitting on top of the glass like looking around and then he pulls the 7 Pro out and he realizes, oh, dang, it's coming from the 7 Pro. Yeah. But uh, with that, we'll actually move on to uh, back to Apple. This is with Mac rumors indicating that the next MacBook Air will be rumored to release this April uh, since the display production has already begun. Uh, This info is actually from Ross Young himself and he mentioned that there will be a 13-inch and a new 15-inch display, which would be the largest ever on an Air. There's not a whole lot more info on this other than this device may house the M3 chipset. There's a bit of confusion on that considering Apple was said to be updating the Air with the M3 chipset later this year. So hopefully um, with this release there will be some um, clarification with all that. I mean, I really don't have like a whole lot in response to that other than I, I think it's nice to have another variant for a, a Mac sure. Book Air. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll be expecting you know performance improvements with the M3, but um, yeah, just give people some options. Bigger screen. Little. Yeah, bigger screen. I mean, it's a little hesitant on making more and more configurations, but I guess if it's kind of hard to tell with Apple, like, is it something because they feel like it's needed, or because the public is asking for it? So it's like. I don't know, that's actually, hard to say. Yeah, that's actually not something that most people look up in terms of like the stats on that. Like, are they things that people are wanting? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never actually thought about that in a sense. You make up a good. You bring up a good point there. So. I mean, it's it's one thing as we'll find out here later on in the end of the show with OnePlus. You know, because I think they do a lot of uh, consumer reviews and they reflect that and you know try to. Um, see what the majority is asking for. Yeah. But yeah, we'll actually stick with Apple on this one. So um, it probably comes as no surprise, uh, but with the 15th gen iPhone looming about seven months off in the distance, there are still quite a few things that we are uncertain about, uh, rightfully so. One of which remains for sure as to whether Apple will actually implement USB-C. Um, you know, from rumors, we hear that Apple is testing phones that run with USB-C, uh, but per the EU, uh, this law forces companies to convert by the end of 2024, not 2023. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though we are pretty confident that that will actually take place in 2023, uh, one thing is definitely for certain, and that is how Apple will approach this uh, data slash power access adoption. Uh, according to additional rumors sourced from a credible person, Apple is on the prowl to make more money 
by using integrated circuits with the USB-C connection. Uh, this integrated circuit actually works the same way with uh, the lightning ports, where it limits the connection interface unless the cable accessories are made for iPhone certified or MFI certified. Mm. Uh, such limitations could even impact things like higher data speed transfers and faster charging. So we kind of see that happen. I mean, uh, people have seen that with uh, other stuff where it, where it comes up and says this accessory is, you know, not made for such and such. Right. So... Um, something like this, like I said, doesn't really surprise me considering it's a very Apple-esque move. Um, and yeah. although this is likely done in the name of protecting malicious accessories from having full access to the USB-C capabilities, we all know this is purely a way for Apple to force users to purchase Apple accessories oh, directly yeah. from them Absolutely. or purchasing third-party accessories, which are MFI certified, which Apple makes a commission on. Um... So it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, it's not like the biggest deal in the world. And honestly, we could probably even skip it coming onto the show. But it's just one of those things that you're like thinking, really, you're going to offer USB-C, but you're just going to throw your two cents in there and kind of... I could obviously see it with uh, Lightning because that was the only one used by Apple. Apple proprietary, yeah. now we've moved to that USB-C, and I feel like Apple should, and obviously I'm not surprised by this either, but I feel like Apple should have already moved on to limiting their consumers with only using their um, products. At least, well, I I can understand certain things, but like this, this is one where it's like you have all these other different companies. You can use whatever uh, charging cable you want from whatever third-party store you want to, so it just... It irks me a little bit because Apple just keeps doing this again and again and again, and it's it's honestly. I mean, I understand one thing. If if it were in the in the sense of charging, because I know there are some chargers out there that are like from mom and pa shops where it's like it's not oh yeah that great sure. quality and it can damage the battery. That's one thing I get that, but to just kind of put that whole level up there and say we need to have MFI certified only. That's really where it kind of ticks me off. So, yes, I, would agree. Uh, I mean, we've we've heard rumor that the Pro Series could house a Thunderbolt connection, while the base models just have the basics that USB-C offers. And from what it sounds like, this is pretty much like iPhones having a Lightning port capabilities, but with a simple USB-C change. Yeah, so, that's it. Kind of one of those things where it, it really irritates me and gets under my skin, but it's just life with Apple. <laughs> yeah, gotta learn to live with the bad parts. It's that's just how it is with Apple. So we'll go ahead and move on to some uh, deals. Uh, the first one we've got is from HP. This is the X27Q 27-inch monitor. Um, it's got 165 refresh rate, so it's it's up there with you know your base monitors. It's not the best, obviously, industry, but it's you know pretty good for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, I think they had like what 240? Huh? I think 240 is a, a uh, one of the higher ones. Yeah, 240 hertz. hertz. 240 hertz is like yeah. the highest. 165 is like mid tier. So, um, but yeah. this monitor was at 300 and it's dropped down to 210, giving you a 90 dollar off um, price tag. So if you're looking to buy a pretty good gaming monitor, you don't want to blow through your wallets. Um, this is a pretty good deal right here. Nothing flashy, but I, th- I think that should do the job in in, in yeah certain respects. So well, is that through HP or Amazon? I, I missed that. It is through Amazon. It's through Amazon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, and then I also have another one from Amazon. This is a via Apple Store. So the Apple Watch Ultra is once again on discount. This is down to uh down off of fifty dollars. So it's originally eight hundred, now it's down to seven fifty. So 
just a couple deals for you there this week, um, and we will actually get right back into the final closeout topic of this week, and that is actually reviewing the OnePlus uh, event that took place last week. Um, let's get the elephant out of the room, shall we? Let's get the elephant out of the room, and let's just, I'm just going to quickly go over the uh, the event. Yeah. OnePlus really needs to do a better job of their presentation. Um, Agreed. I, I'm not going to really get like emotional or get aggressive about this. It's just <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> me watching an event and releasing a product or announcing products in general, there needs to be some sort of engagement. Yes. But at the same time, there needs to be some sort of professionalism. And OnePlus just has proven that they cannot do it year after year after year, and no. it's not really getting any better. So. Yeah, you might have a really great product, but if your speakers are not well uh, spoken, if a third of your audience isn't very excited about what you have to bring, if you have to talk about what power means for five minutes, (laughs) I think you need to reconsider how you're going to present it because, I mean... I'll be honest. I liked a lot of what they they put out. I was actually really impressed by the pad. It wasn't wasn't that bad for this time, yeah. Yeah, but... You, if you're sloppy for thir- first 30, 40 minutes, it's just it really you have to have that in- attention grabber at the beginning, and you have to constantly yes. keep that attention for the rest of the presentation. Otherwise, people are just going to fall out. Period. So. Yeah, I mean, this has nothing to do with the fact that they have international international speakers. I have no problem with that. Um, oh obviously yeah, it was done in English, and I can understand them for the most part. It's really just based based on the fact that their presentation is not what I would have expected, especially when they do have some decent products that they offer to the market. And the visuals are really good as well for their products. Yeah, the visuals are really good. So it feels like everything is almost there. It's just that's one thing I just wanted to hone in on and get out of the way. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely needs work. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Samsung does it, you know, really great or even Apple nowadays. Um, It's just they're definitely way far off from where they should be yeah, for being a company that's been around for quite a long time. They're out, they're out on their 11th gen product now. So you think you would have it together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't actually going to hit on that, but you said elephant. So let's just hit it. Um, Had to, but we do have to say that the OnePlus is making, I guess I would say conflicting strides in returning to the roots of attractive handsets. Uh, something I actually felt like they really haven't done since the OnePlus 7 Pro. Um, and I don't really mm-hmm. say that because that's one of the models that I actually still own. Uh, I actually say that because among the tech enthusiasts as well as the OnePlus Faithful, uh, that model is actually really beloved because it had some really great specs and features offered at a decent price. I think it was $670 for mm-hmm. the base price on that one. So well, I know how much you've you've loved that. That's like one of your. If we were going like top phones of our entire life, I think the Seven Pro is definitely one of your favorite for it's, sure. Yeah, as far as the ones that I've owned, yes. yeah, that's definitely one that I've loved. Um, it's I had a uh, One Plus Six that I gave to my wife, um, and then I bought the Seven Pro, and I, I, that one I loved even more than my Galaxy Note uh, Four. So, um, but. You know, and I say conflicting strides because to achieve this uh, as a base price of six ninety nine, they did have to cut some corners, uh, which are definitely reflected in some of these specs. So, um, with an IP rating, it is at sixty four. So IP rated sixty four, mm-hmm. and that's opposed to. And I'm actually going to give some comparisons here to the ten Pro, which I actually saw on their website. And if you are shopping, I would almost compare those two. I know they're in the same um, brand, but I would actually throw those two into comparison to actually see if you want to save a little bit. 
Uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be some YouTube videos out there that compare the two models. So mm -hmm. if I do find any out there that I feel like are worth watching, I will definitely put those in the description below. But um, yeah, so IP rate is 64. And then the 10 Pro was actually IP68 with a uh, asterisk there. That was only for the T-Mobile variant. So oh, that's yeah. something to take note of. Yeah. So, and then as far as the display, I looked at all those specs in detail and they look almost exactly the same. So I don't think they changed anything on those panels, except for I think it was LTPO3 is now is what it's capable of. Because I think all the pixels, the nits, everything is right on par with same. what they had on the 10 Pro. Yep. Yep. So then you get the latest Snapdragon 8th Gen 2. Yes. Um, which is really nothing unexpected about that. Uh, and then they also give you a boost of RAM by 4 gigs. So now you can get up to 16 gigabits. Um if you go for higher models. Yeah. The one thing that I really didn't like, and even though they gave us uh, 15 watts, SuperVOOC charging is pretty impressive from OnePlus. And honestly, oh, yeah, I totally even agree. from a battery health standpoint, it feels like they do a really good job of keeping that health up um, and the longevity of it as well. Yeah. But the one thing that I, it kind of goes back to the whole uh, Apple thing. USB-C is available, but versus the 10 Pro, the 11 drops down from USB 3.1 to USB 2.0. Again, yeah, just I one of those that. things that kind of just really frustrating because I know maybe not everyone does a lot of data transfers from their phone to their computer. But if you're recording and taking photos and stuff like that, it just – I feel like you should just give these people the transfer speeds. Yes, it's its there as a security measure in case you want to. It's that option. At the very least, they could have released maybe a, another version of this 11, like, I don't know, 11T or something, where at least those are on there. We only got – well, there was also the 11R, but I don't even – well. Yeah, and, and the whole point of that was is that they wanted to simplify their portfolio and just say they're going to take all the Macs and the Ultra out of it and just give you a basic phone, 11, OnePlus 11, which I kind of agree with, I'm, but it kind of makes you wish maybe there was another variant. See, this is where OnePlus and Apple are in completely different spectrums. Apple has way too Absolutely. much in their ecosystem, and OnePlus has a way too little. I feel like two or three phones, right on the money. One phone is, I mean, it's better than having a lot of phones in your ecosystem. I totally agree with you, JD, but it's like, I feel like you need just a couple more options, maybe at least one more just in there. But. Well, I mean, here's the interesting thing is, I mean, they have their Nord series, mm -hmm. but as far as your premium flagships, yeah, I think you need to have maybe one or two more variants on that. Yeah. So, but I can't really, I can't really discredit that, discredit them for that because they are, they're just going back to their roots and they're just saying, we're going to make one model. We are going to cut some corners. And actually, on a note of that charging, they did take away wireless charging, which includes reverse wireless charging. So, you know, they are. They're taking away. They're, they're cutting those corners, and they're really going back to what I felt like was a OnePlus 7 Pro. 7 Pro did not have wireless charging. The one advantage that I feel like this phone has over that is they have better camera sensors. Hmm. They give you a telephoto. They give you an ultra-wide. I still have to deal with a macro lens that I I don't think I've ever used that macro lens. I've it's used, hilarious. It's, it, I've used my macro lens on my iPhone a few times. To I mean, that's shot, one but... thing because you're using the you're using the um, ultra wide, and it's it's the software is geared and the, the processing yes. is geared for that. When you actually dedicate a macro lens for that space, it's what many analysts consider wasted space. 
because mm-hmm. not many people are really going to go for a macro lens, especially ones that don't give you that great quality. I guarantee you a lot of the dedicated macro lenses out there really can't even touch the iPhone's results when it comes to that. They just can't. Or or even the, the um, yeah, Pixel agree. 7 series. So overall, I think this is a good step in the right direction. The only downside outside of those corners that are cut is this doesn't change the fact that they have pretty much transitioned over to color os no matter how much they're going to say it's oxygen os it's color os and it's it's awful um i'll actually post this video in in the description as, as well um carl pay over at nothing actually looked at the phone and did just a kind of a, um in-person review of what he thought about the build the look the quality um, and kind of just comparing it, I wouldn't say in detail to his nothing phone, but just kind of letting you know, like, hey, this is what I think they did great. This is what I love about this phone. Uh, and this is some areas that I feel like they mm-hmm. could have done differently or That's maybe improved. Good. And it was really cool because he was so um, calm about it, and he was he was really honest and genuine. It wasn't like he was there just to knock the phone and say, you need to buy a nothing phone. He was there saying, hey, I really like this part. This is This is what we need to learn from. Mm-hmm. That's good. And implement good in our own So it's really a great review. Um, I will definitely post that, like I said. But um, did you have any other thoughts on that model? See, when I when they first showed the visuals for it, it seemed like you know the back of the exterior changed a lot. And see, this is the thing. Actually, I I will say this: if you really compare the newest Samsung edition and the newest OnePlus edition, Samsung proved that you don't have to change the exterior. For the phone to be completely revamped to make the processing different to make it have a much better experience saw oneplus change the um the phone uh, excuse me the camera chassis to be circular now okay that's something that carl mentioned he was yeah. like you really can't tell a oneplus model and say hey that's that's by this company because yes. like you said the camera modules have changed on my oneplus 7 pro it's a vertical right in the middle I think on my mom, she had a five or five T and it was a horizontal. Yes. Um, now a circular or the 10 pro was a rectangle. It's just, it always changes. And it's not to say that we don't appreciate change. But no, not at all. Like you said, Samsung proved that they can actually stick with something that looks good, looks refined and make it still attractive. Yes. I totally agree on that. Um, but with that, we'll actually move on to the pad. And uh, like I mentioned before, there's nothing much to compare it to. <laughs> Well, yeah, not really, because they have. Because we don't even their... know the price. No, I know, and that's the only thing is I I completely forgot they didn't give a price to this, and I was trying to look for it on their website, and I was like, what? Why not? But it's not it's not ready for um, release just yet. So, um, but like I said, I was actually a lot more impressed with this than the eleven. Uh, again, not really a whole lot to compare with, but this is their first pad, and it. It has a lot of great specs, and I was actually texting JD earlier today. I was like, if what they're saying about these specs is true to the pad, it's great. I mean, this one has the most milliamps for battery for a pad, as far as I'm aware, unless I might be wrong about that. It's a lot. It is a lot. I was trying to figure out if it was more than any other iPad that was released, because I think the one that I saw was like 8,000 uh 700 or something like that that was from last year i'm iPad. guessing that's like a 11 or 12 inch ipad pro or might have like might have been so might have yeah. been a 12 inch i think um yeah but still yeah. 
9510 that is quite a bit and you do get that super vuk um uh 67 watts so and another thing that actually did spawn kind of stand out to me as well is the uh, the camera the uh, rear camera is is a 13 megapixel uh it's only 720 and it does record in 4k and 1080 as well um so i think that's actually better in terms of specs than the ipad um i don't know i I can't speak for the quality because the results, yeah, that's going to be the results. A big we don't really know them yet, but but those are there. Um, one other thing I did notice, yes, the 144 hertz display. I was yeah. shocked. I like the most that we've seen is usually 120 uh, with promotion with iPad or with Samsung's tablets. Usually it's 120. I don't think I've seen even a phone that has 144 at least in the flagships for the the big three or whatever, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, and that one-month standby, that's what also really got me there, um, that it remembers what you last were doing for a month period. That's really great right there. Um, and I think there was a downside is that it only goes to 500 nits. Yeah, when you look at uh, – and that's what I did. I went actually on Apple, and I compared it to their latest iPad, their base iPad that they they re- refreshed. Um, when you compare it to them, a lot of those specs actually do line up. Mm-hmm. The, the real difficulty is um, it's Apple who is specifying what they want in that display, and it's not so much that it's this amazing – super impressive display that's really you know expensive and such it's just because they have a quality that they want to match and um so with them they have their they have their liquid retina ips lcd display that hits 500 nits yeah the problem that i have is i don't know who is manufacturing this display for oneplus's pad um and i'm yeah. kind of concerned about the know. quality uh, I, it's a 296 PPI, so I'm hoping that's, you know, good and vivid, um, versus the 264 that they have on For the sure. iPad. But then again, the iPad is, uh, about an inch smaller, so it's hard to say. Yeah. What was the other thing that you said? And I think the, I think the thing that kind of threw me off, which is why I want to ask you a question here, uh, is okay. the actual what's running this this pad is a Dimensity, MediaTek Dimensity 9000 series. So it's not a Snapdragon processor. Okay. It's not even a mid-range Qualcomm processor. It's it's made by MediaTek. So which makes me wonder, or what would you estimate this to be sell, sold for? OnePlus, at least for this year, and I think last year as well, has, has actually been lowering the prices on a lot of their devices. Um, I think we saw like the 9... That was almost like a thousand or something like that, and it was insane. Yeah. And uh also going by the fact that this is their first pad, and uh, you know, you gotta give some lead way in, in a sense. Uh I'm gonna say five, six, seven hundred, seven hundred max. Yeah, I don't know exactly know what that nine thousand series is gonna cost or what altogether this this uh model is going to cost one plus um i'm gonna kind of go with a little bit of an odd number here i'm gonna go with 329 dollars so about 330 
that's what I'm thinking based on what I'm seeing here. There's nothing that really screams, okay, this is going to be super amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they give you their charging technology. They give you a good size battery, like you said. It's only got USB-C 2.0. Um, you know, your typical connections, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, um, front and rear-facing cameras. So it's nothing that says, okay, this is something we're going to compete with against, you know, sure. the Tab S or the iPads. Uh, or at least you know the mid-range iPads. So that's what I'm guessing. It's it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, we're gonna try to remember to come back to this episode when that actually launches. Yes, but who's the um, closest? Yes, yes, who's the closest? So, but overall, I'm just kind of glad that they're jumping into this market. Yeah, just to add that you know extra level of competition. Um, and then outside of that, they just had their uh, refreshed um, OnePlus Buds. Yes, the um, Pro Two, yep, Pro Two, um, which they they look cool. The, they do. The design looks cool. Uh, it's, it's co-created by Dyna Audio. And also, one thing I was actually going to note about, uh, not just these, but also real quick, the phone and the tablet. The tablet only comes in one color. The phone only comes in two, and the head, the earbuds only come in two colors as well. There's not a whole lot of variation here, and I know no, OnePlus not. has not been very good with that in the last few years of giving you a lot of variation of color. I know with your 7 Pro, that's a blue one, isn't it? It's Nebula Blue. That is one of my favorite it is. colors I love that. Phone. I love it. It's a, it's a great phone. I think that probably comes in right under Bora Purple from Samsung. Yeah, I would that's say that too. That's probably where uh, Just to name a few things here, it does have spatial audio by Google. Uh, up to 39 hours of playback, and... I think they said if you charge it for one minute, it's 10 hours or something. I can't remember what they – oh, no, yeah, uh, 10 hours for if you charge it for 10 minutes. So that's pretty good right there. Um, high-res audio, it doesn't say the actual um, hertz this is, and that's something that I like to look at because I tend to work with audio a lot. And from what I saw from Apple's um, AirPods Pro 2s, is that I think they had like 33,000 hertz or something like that, which is actually a much higher quality than most. Yeah, actually, Aaron reviewed this on Zolotech. So um, if you guys are wanting to check that out, he did yeah, if you want more specifics. On it. More specifics, more um, hands-on experience. We're not quite at that level in our channel yet, but um, definitely I would check that out. The only funny thing about those colors was is I had to laugh at the Eternal Green on the 11. I'm like, you got to come up with a better name than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But with that, we will actually go ahead and close out this week's episode. Um, I know it was a little bit more on the OnePlus side, but it was an event last week. So, But, uh, yeah, feel free to like, subscribe, share, uh, as well as comment down below if you are on YouTube. As always, we're interested to hear what you guys' opinions are on the topics we cover. So um, you can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, we'll definitely be back next week with more tech news and updates. This is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out.